Spoiler alert, what do you think this is? The Walking Dead? Game of Thrones? Maybe Fried Chicken Kings? Well, actually, we're probably found somewhere in the middle of all those shows when it comes to this episode of The Crossing. You are going to have to pay special attention here in the next few minutes to see what this episode is all about. So, let's dial the boys up and see what's on their minds. How about you, Cole Mountain Cow? You got a copy on the water bug? Over. And broadcasting once again from high top, the world-famous Doc Hawkins building in downtown beautiful Coal Mountain, Georgia, US of A. It is Chris and Coal Mountain Cow with another stellar episode of The Crossing, where the music meets the memories. Chris, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing exceptional, Cal. I have been doing my research for tonight's show, what little research I had to do. Because we fly mainly from the seat of our pants. Yes. Because we didn't even, <laughs> as of what? <laughs> three o'clock today we didn't even have a uh, show scheduled but we've we've worked piecemeal together a show for you folks we mailed this one in it's going to be probably the best show we've ever done <laughs> and it's a big surprise so we're going to fill you all in on that surprise but first we're going to hear a word from our sponsors thank you for calling village cinema showing this week is Smokey and the bandit Starring Mark Rattles. Showtimes are 7 and 9 p.m. And Sundays, 3, 5, 7, and 9. Village Cinema, next to Gigi's in Lanier Village Shopping Center. 887-8855 for movies and showtimes. Thank you. So, folks, if you were paying attention to that little spot we had... Uh with the Village Cinema and their movie of the week, you may know what our show is about, Chris. Well, it wasn't about Star Wars. No, sir. It was about a movie that, to me, made a bigger impact in my life than Star Wars. Any movie to me would have made a bigger impact in my life than Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, I had every action figure that there was for Star Wars. But... I had a dog that my daddy bought me in 1977. Actually, it came with a pickup truck that he bought. And it was a little puppy, German Shepherd. And he showed up. My dad showed up at our house. He'd got this new 1977 Scottsdale Chevrolet, Chevrolet four-wheel drive pickup. And in the back of that truck was this little German Shepherd, just a puppy. He couldn't have been four months old. I got him out of the truck, and I knew exactly what I was going to name him. Smokey. Smokey. And I had that dog until I was 22 years old. I was six when I got him. But I knew that that dog's name was going to be Smokey because that weekend before, I had seen the greatest movie ever made in my lifetime, Smokey and the Bandit. And tonight, folks, that is what we're going to have a roundtable panel discussion Break it down, talk about it like you've never heard it talked about before. Stuff you may have known, may have not known about this movie. But we are in love with Smoking the Bandit, and we are not ashamed to profess it. No, sir, we're not. We went to the 40th anniversary of the show under the Smoking the Bandit. We got advanced tickets. We dressed up accordingly for that movie. We went and saw it at the uh, at the Avalon, uh, if I'm not correct. mistaken. And uh, we sat comfortably. 
I don't recall having a Coors when I was watching the movie, but if they served them, I can assure you I had one. But we had a crew that went with us. And more importantly, one of, we have one of those crew with us. My first cousin, Cal, one of your good buddies. Special guest. Brother Gregory Clay Jones. Greg, welcome into the let's, fold let's welcome. Let's welcome Greg Jones. Well, I appreciate that, guys. Chris and I am producer, the good Dr. Steve Thomason, are so happy that you're with us tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and folks, we've already talked about this movie for another for a good hour before we even started, but uh, we're just going to dive right into it. Smoking a Bandit came out in, what did we say? 1977. Same year that Star Wars came out. And Star Wars was the number one movie. And <laughs> Smoking a Bandit, Bandit number two. Number two. Yeah, second highest grossing movie in 1977. Had Star Wars not come out at that time, would have been, it don't matter. It would have been number one. No, I went and seen it at Village Cinema. Where'd you see it at? I actually saw it at a movie theater, I was, and, I, and I had that on my notes. We all need to share the first time yeah. that we saw it. And I went and saw it with my mom and daddy. They took me to see it. And it was at some movie theater in Woodstock. We lived in Ackworth at the time. Gotcha. And I'm sure the closest movie theater was in Woodstock. Greg, where'd you see it at? Well, like you, Calvin, I was born and raised right here in Cumming, Georgia, and saw it at Village Cinemas. And uh, funny little tidbit, my dad, Robert Jones, if anybody ever knew him, he was uh, not the, the, the most laid-back person that you'd ever meet. And Not a Golden Globe man, I think. No, it. not a Golden Globe man. He's... <laughs> He'd only seen two movies in the theater in his life. The first one was The Good, Bad, and the Ugly, and the second one was Smokey and the Bandit. That's too good to see right there. Yeah. Classics. Yep. Now, the Village Cinema was awesome because it had the world's greatest buttered popcorn. I don't care where you, even today, if I was going to Jeff Ruby's Steakhouse in Nashville and I were the biggest New York strip there and y'all told me we were going to see the movies afterwards, I'd, I'd still have to get a thing of buttered popcorn. That's how much I love it. But the Village and Steve... Steve says he smells it right now in his mind just thinking about it. They had that and a big old <laughs> pickle jug that had pickles in it about the size of a Lincoln log I mean, or bigger, like a real log. A pickle? Yeah, they had pickles, dill, dill pickles. Like a big old pickle when you sit there and eat it in the movie theater. Oh, yeah. God, you man, do. you think that make a lot of noise when you're sitting there and like, <laughs> I mean, that's just as bad old, as popcorn. Big old classic, I guess they call it. <laughs> but yeah, we went and seen that thing at uh, Village Cinema. I think I saw Back to the Future at uh, Village Cinema. That's funny, right, Porsche Club. One quick funny story about the Village Cinema. We had a family friend of mine. He came by the house one day and was talking to my mom and dad and stuff, and nothing bothered him. So he said he went. He lived out in Cumming at the time, and his wife and kids were gone or somewhere. He said, well, I'm going to go to the Village Cinema and see a movie. So he went to the 9 o'clock showing, and there wasn't anybody there. He was the only one in the, uh, in the theater. Well, Ivan Orr, who owned the theater at the time, he goes, he goes, Ivan, there's no need to stay here for me. He said, I'll go home. He said, it ain't that big a deal. He goes, no, I got to I gotta play it where it'll rewind to the next reel or whatever. <laughs> he said, I'm going to watch it any- I'm gonna have to watch it. play it anyway. He said, so just sit there and watch it. So you got the whole place to yourself. He said, that's well, depressing. Can, you hold, can you hold that 50? <laughs> I mean, he said, can that's you- depressing. He said, can you hold I mean, I'm trying to tell a story. I'm just saying it's depressing. You sit in a movie theater by yourself? No, but get this. You'll like this. He said, can you hold it 15 minutes? He said, I'm going to run across to the Globe Station over here and get me six beers. This is the guy watching the movie yeah, or the guy yeah. running the movie? Yeah. So he went and got him a six-pack over at the Globe Station, came back in the theater and that's watched it. That's a man it. before his time. Yeah. <laughs> now it's a staple. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, anywho. I digress. I just want to give you that little village cinema story. <laughs> right well, just, like, just like he, 
That gentleman was was a, a he was a thirsty, man. dummy. Yeah, he was thirsty. Yeah, and like just shirt. like he being a man before his time, having a I guess a beer at the movie theater, like it's kind of normal practice now. Burt Reynolds, Hal Needham, Film and Smoking the Bandit, here in Georgia, forty years before their time, because now Georgia is the number one place to film a movie. And I mean, nobody filmed movies in Georgia except for Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds Gator, I, I think, was filmed remember. in Georgia and Florida. And Sharky's Smoking the Bandit. Sharky's Machine. So yeah, thanks, Burt. Smoking a Bandit. Going to leaving. Uh, I guess it was Jonesboro. Actually, it was where Snowman lived. To Texarkana, Arkansas, to get four hundred cases. Texas. No, I'm sorry. Yep, Texarkana, Texas, to get four hundred cases of Coors beer in and Jonesboro. He leaving there, right? And they had to be back in what? Uh, I believe it was 28 hours. 28 hours. Now, the logistics on that shows it's only 900 miles out there, 900 miles back. And I think they even state that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you do that Google Maps and stuff, it, you can be back in with t- plenty of time to spare. Well, they went through a, a lot in between there and there. And I guess... Uh, um, uh, the snowman and smoke and 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 the bandit, knowing that they were going to get into some debauchery, probably figured that into the the time they had to drive there and be back. No, in a black Trans Am, band one, band one, and a Peterbilt, right? Or was it a Kenworth? Kenworth, and a Kenworth. So they get out there with no problem, and they load up that beer, which had fake beer cases in the. <laughs> at the warehouse when they fell across the top of that on the forklift if you'll notice that Coors cases are empty and another quick tidbit you fill that trailer up with 400 cases of Coors loaded the way they had it it only fill it up about halfway now the house that they picked up uh, Snowman in Snowman's wife Wynette Wynette still alive by the way had a mess of kids I wonder if she's had any sense I mean <laughs> Still got them old curdlers in her hair, I reckon. <laughs> she was hot in 77. She looked good. Okay. You didn't think so? So, as I say, not, as, not as good looking. Listen, not as good looking as Little Beaver that we learned. <laughs> little Beaver that we got introduced to kind of at the tail end of the movie. Now, Little Beaver still looks hot. Okay. I'm just saying. I've done my research. Little Beaver's holding her own. Yeah. So, they get out there. <laughs> 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 two kinds of podcasts. This ain't one of them. It's producer Steve's holding his hands up. Right, there. Well, that was her name. So they head back, and yeah. they run across Sally Field, the mm. bride on the run. Still alive. Who is being pursued, high-speed pursuit, by Sheriff Buford T. Justice and his son, Junior. Jackie Gleason. And uh, the gentleman who actually played um, Junior, what was his name? Do you remember? Tarzan. Well, he played Tarzan in the late 60s. Come on now. And also, he was a football player. Hoss. His name's Mike Henry. Mike Henry, yes. Mike Henry. I remember that Big from Mike. the credits because I used to watch the credits all the time every time I rolled across to that movie. That guy was a hoss. And if you remember in that scene, Greg, still alive, when too. When they're uh, stripping that car down on the side of the road, Jackie Gleason flips that cigarette lighter. And them boys are stripping the car. You know who was in the scene? I believe you're referring to John Schneider. John Schneider, one of three people that are in Smoking the Bandit that later on went in to be in 
Dukes of Dukes Hazzard. Of Hazzard. Yeah. Okay, that's, right. that's one. Give me another one. The other one is going to be Cooter. <laughs> Once again, <laughs> two kinds of podcasts. Ben, jo- ben Jones. Ben Jones. That's right. Yeah, of, of Gatlinburg fame. He was in one of the semis on 400 when they were filming. Red hat. Never had a speaking part, but you seen him waving when they go by. That's right. That's right. So that's Do you two. know the third one? The third one you got to really look for. The third one, if I remember right, that's uh, that was the motorcycle cop. That's motorcycle cop. Yeah. What's his name? Enos. Enos. Sonny Schroyer. Yep. Yep. So three people who were in Smoking Smoking the Bandit Bandit. later went on to be in Dukes Dukes of Hazzard. Then they remade Dukes of Hazzard and, you know, Johnny Knoxville's version of Dukes of Hazzard. Willie Nelson. Who played Boss Hogg? Ah, Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. Reynolds. (laughs) Okay, mind blown. Okay. (laughs) That was come full circle. Yeah, Yeah, man. Heck yeah! Funniest scene, funniest scene that you when you when you think about smoking the bandit and the countless scenes. What's the funniest scene that you remember from smoking the bandit? Just kills you, Greg. Uh, that's going to be tough. I mean, that's going to be real tough because uh, I'm. I was told there's no cussing on this here radio, <laughs> so it's going to be tough. To... <laughs> but any, you don't any, have to repeat it. Anything that Jackie Gleason says, anything, any 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 scene that he's in, talking about possums. Private parts and mm-hmm. all that good stuff. Oh, any of that. I, the, my favorite scene, though, I probably with Jackie Gleason is uh, whenever he's describing the scene of Sally Field leaving the wedding. It's <laughs> 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 bouncing down the Dancing down the Yeah, to, but he made some comments on there that wouldn't fly <laughs> no, in 2019. No, 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 no. And they said all of that was ad lib. They did not go anywhere near that script that was written out they said they ad-libbed just about everything because number one jackie gleason they said was snockered by lunch every day you could see it in his eyes said he had his handler that was with him name Mal? was mal. Mal. mal mal yeah and said they filled the thing up with vodka some some people say bourbon some say vodka anyway it's a mixed drink filled some kind of alcohol old, like a yeti cup every day and he'd say mal time for a hamburger <laughs> and hamburger was code <laughs> hamburger was code for his mixed drink God, i need me a mal at the office <laughs> Oh, my Lord. So what's your favorite scene? Well, my favorite scene of the whole movie that I think is hilarious has no dialogue whatsoever. The first scene where the bandit is getting chased in that town. What town was that? Was that Jonesboro? Was that downtown Jonesboro? Well, the first chase scene. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he, and he, yeah, it's at night, and he jumps the curb, and he and he walk goes behind a building. He's sitting there, and the cop, the cop just drives by, and Bert sits, Bert sits there, and he and he kind of slows down the car, and he looks down, and he looks at the camera, and he Gives breaks the fourth, he breaks the fourth wall, and then turns around, and looks forward, and just. And Paul's I think asked. that may be one of the first times in a in a motion picture that that the fourth wall was broken. Oh, I it was unbelievable! It was it's something me, like that. It kills me every time I see it. I think it's so great. To me, that that scene is hilarious and also just shows how cool Burt Reynolds is. Was was. Yeah. It's crazy how everybody they got the Diablo sandwich scene. They got the <laughs> I'm wanting to punch your mom in the mouth and all that. All the big scenes everybody remembers. Us three are, we've seen it so many times, we're remembering the little things that jump out. And mine is where the, they're they're about to come through chase scene and they've all, half the town is lined up on the sides of the road and stuff, you know. 
And these two old boys sitting there in their lounge chairs, those chase lounges with the, you know, that, uh, the strap in those seats. And they're just sitting there and they got them, they got them a beer. They got the kids there and they say, son, boy, go over and get your daddy a beer. <laughs> He's pretty good, ain't he? <laughs> But in my said, I just want to live long enough where I can say this. Son, get your daddy a beer. <laughs> that just always stuck with me. <laughs> Memories, folks. We're going through them like a, oh, like a sieve. And uh, we'll be back with more of the Smokey and the Bandit memories. According to Chris, Cole Mountain Cal, and Brother Greg Jones, with along with producer Steve Thompson, you're listening to The Crossing, where the music meets the memories. There's no gas wars in coming. We've got the best prices in town at $49.9 a gallon at Martyr Oil. Two locations to serve you. Martyr Oil number one at Highway 19306 or on the south side of Martyr Oil number two, Highway 19 and 141. You probably haven't checked the propane tank lately. It's when the pilot light goes out that you finally notice, right? And now you're in a bind. Who do you call? Mills Fuel Service right now. Mills Fuel has provided North Georgia with fast, courteous service and clean propane for over 50 years. So don't let the tank hit rock bottom. Call Mills today, 706-265-3394. Three locations to serve you coming Dawsonville and Dahlonega online at millsfuelservice.com. Sun's out, plows out, folks. Time to get your gardens planted. And when you need your planting supplies, T.R. Thomas Mill in Coal Mountain is the place you need to go. Come in and get your seeds for your corn, peas, turnips, and beans. We got half runners and full runners. Don't forget, you gotta have some Duana for fertilizer. T.R. Thomas Mill. Hey, we're in Coal Mountain, Spot Road, USA, across from Jan's Jeans. Well, we are back high atop Doc Holcomb building in downtown Coal Mountain, Georgia. We're illuminated by the amazing light of the new billboard that we have in downtown Coal Mountain. I meant to ask Greg what he thought about the view from up here when you could see that billboard. That... you never seen it from this angle, have you? I, no, know I have not. It, you I can truly seen... capture, in my opinion, the, the beauty of it, it from this magnanimous. angle. What we're trying to do is start a GoFundMe account, and me and Chris are going to do a show from atop that billboard. <laughs> <laughs> Matter of fact, we'll double our money to pay to get us down from there. So. Looking for a sponsor. Folks. Shouldn't have a hard time finding one, I wouldn't think. Maybe that little gas station that's right there, the old uh, country old, cupboard. Yeah, maybe. No, well, probably not. So while we were on break, <laughs> producer Steve went back in my ear and he goes, his favorite scene was where Jerry Reed got thrown out of the old restaurant on the choking motorcycles. Puke. The choking puke. Tidbit. When he came in and made his call home, he dialed 10 digits and then got an operator. Why would you dial? Why would you dial the number and then get an operator? He just kept pressing buttons until uh, <laughs> until Flo answered. Was it? Remember the other thing he was pressing? We were talking about coming over here at the beginning. Oh, his calculator. The calculator. The calculator. <laughs> Sitting on top of the truck. We're gonna. Dash. Yeah, we're gonna get into that too okay. about okay. the awards that this movie won, or the award that this movie won. Um, but let's talk about the origins of Smokey and the Bandit. Okay. Now, the um, I had always heard that that Burt Reynolds had based his character, the, the turquoise jewelry, the red shirt, you know, the open collar. He based that around a stuntman that 
he had been friends with for a long time, that being Hal Needham. Actually, he was his roommate in college. And Hal Needham, oh, at uh, University of Florida or Florida State? Florida State. Florida State, where Burt Reynolds played football, by the way. Anyway, uh, Hal Needham is actually the man who created this movie. And he, he had been wanting to, to make a movie that involves stunts and cars and that kind of thing. He'd always been a well-known stuntman. And where he got the idea to actually do this movie is when he was filming, um, I think, Gator, of all movies. And someone had brought him a, I don't know, six-pack or 12-pack or a case of Coors beer. And when he would come back from the, the the set of filming, he would always find some of the Coors beer missing. Come to find out, the maids were stealing it. And the reason they were stealing it is because you can't get Coors beer here in Georgia because it was unpasteurized at the time. And it was illegal to have it in Georgia. That's right. You could brought that across it. state lines. It's called bootlegging. Boot, that is called bootlegging. <laughs> <laughs> who, who just did the Burt Reynolds laugh right there? <laughs> oh my God! Derailed. Oh, but anyway, so that so he got the idea to 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 uh, make this movie uh, about bootlegging Coors beer. Well, he kept bringing it to the studios and everything else, and they wouldn't give him the money for it until he got his good friend involved, Burt Reynolds. Reynolds. That's right. When Bird got involved, oh, the money started coming up to the tune of around five million, I think. Boy, mm-hmm. yeah, no, no limit on that budget was there. No, <laughs> no. wonder they were using those old Plymouth Furies and uh, Pontiac <laughs> and the little-known Trans Am, Pontiac yeah. Trans Am. Yeah, but you know the, what's what is wild though is that Bert was not the one who was supposed to play the bandit. He was not Jerry the original Reed, one. It? it was supposed to be Jerry mm-hmm. Reed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's supposed to be Jerry Reed, but the more Burt got involved with it, the more they realized that Burt needed to play the main character. One, he needed to be in the movie. I think he was helping write it a little bit before he even signed on to it, wasn't it? Well, I, I know I know a lot of Burt's friends. What I what I had read or I had always heard was they begged him not to do it. Like, please, 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 career do killer. not do this movie. You know, and they wanted uh, the leading lady part. They couldn't figure out who they wanted, and he wanted Sally Field. And they said, yeah. she ain't sexy enough. He goes, Bert was quite smitten with Sally Field. He said, yeah, time. she's talented. And he said, talented <laughs> yeah. will make makes In them jeans and jeans. Sexy. Yeah, she's talented. talented. That's talent right there. <laughs> Take that back. That might be my favorite scene in there. Yeah, <laughs> when she's crawling <laughs> in the back of the car. By, yeah, getting her nickname, Frog, yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving right along. <laughs> oh, Lord. So that movie grossed how much? I, I believe that was three hundred million. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Right. three hundred million, and Bert got a million of it. Bert got a million of it, and they offered Jackie Gleason a uh, a, a salary or, or a salary plus percentage or something guaranteed. Yeah, and he took the guarantee of a couple of hundred thousand because he didn't think it was going to make any money. He didn't think it was going to be any good, and really, he didn't put much effort into the movie. No, he drank the whole time. He went by no script. Whatsoever. None they told him, did. here, here, Jackie, this is how this is all supposed to play out. And he just went, Woof. and he just did it. And he just did the scene. So That's why it's awesome. That's why it's so great. Yeah, so that left very little for Sally Field. She probably didn't make much out of it anyway, I don't think. No. 
She got to sit in Burt Reynolds' lap, though. I guess that's for for three or four movies after that. And I got a couple movies after that. So yeah, it worked well, out good for everybody. I know I read an interview with Sally Field once, and that's what she had said. The movie she did right before Smokey and the Bandit, I cannot remember the name. Maybe Steve can look that up while I'm Sybil. Uh, thank you. Um, Which is a pretty demanding yeah, movie. Yeah, she she wasn't um, wasn't very attractive. Wasn't she wasn't. America's sweetheart, girl next door, and she was thinking this movie would, if Burt Reynolds thought she was cute and attractive, that maybe everybody else would too. You know, she was perfect. Awesome. She was perfect for it. In the words mm-hmm. of Dan Elliott, it's just awesome. <laughs> <laughs> just awesome shows. He says back in the day. Oh, smoking a bandit. So smoking the bandit. We, you know, we of course we we mentioned earlier that the movie was predominantly filmed. Here in Georgia, if not 100% completely filmed here in Georgia. But the scene where he had picked up, uh, where, where the bandit shows up with the with the tractor trailer and the Trans Am in the back of it, and they pick up the snowman at, at his house and all the kids and Wynette and everything, and he talks them into to, to going with him to smuggle them Coors Liquors all the way here to Georgia. That was filmed in Jonesboro. Yeah. Now, the place where they picked up the beer... Was only a couple of miles down the road. If that far, yeah, it was only just a couple of miles down the road where they just set the whole scene, you know, to pick up the Coors beer. But Cal, do you know the connection with Leonard Skinner? Yes, I do. Would you like me to tell the fine folks? Please do. The cover of their first album, the back cover of "Pronounced Leonard Skinner," is shot at that same building, which was Wayne's Liquors or something in the in the movie. And when was that? When was that album released? Do you got any idea? Before Smoking the Bandit? Yeah, 73 or 4, somewhere right around in there, I believe. That's insane. Isn't that wild? Jonesboro, Georgia? And now it's the place is a uh, restaurant now, I think. You can look it up. I saw it was a restaurant or something, but I don't know. I'd have me a dang, just a shrine, just a Smoking the Bandit (laughs) and Leonard Skinner shrine, and I'd just charge people to come in it. You got to make more money in a restaurant, does. I mean, well, we'd be there right. two, three times a week. We'd I mean, why would, yeah, why wouldn't they make it like a, a tribute to smoking? Yeah, the but they may sell Diablo sandwiches and Dr. Peppers. We don't know. Well, I, I don't know this. Well, okay, let's talk about the Diablo sandwich. All right? We good? Good. good. Diablo sandwich is all it is is a sloppy joe <laughs> <laughs> with taco seasoning. No. No? Not, not, a, not according to what I heard. Well, that's you. I heard it's hot links hot with hot links. sauce on top of it. Yes, sir. That's what I heard. That is great because we've got we've got uh, disparaging ideas about this, and the people will start <clears throat> voting. Okay, so textbook wise, the sandwich is hot links, hot links with hot sauce on it. I get uh, producer Steve Thomason, the good doctor Steve Thomason, to look that up. He's but found- Jackie Gleason, that that sandwich that he gets is a sloppy joke. Well, it probably is. All I know is he's in a hurry. We, we didn't have they had to make it snappy. Yeah, had to make and it if you quick. look, <laughs> if you look in that scene where he he drips the grease on him, yeah, that uh, wasn't that wasn't planned. That whole scene wasn't planned. He, well, yeah, it was ad lib. But he drips the grease on him, and so he cleans it off, and he's got one spot of grease on there. But if you go back out to the uh, when he comes out of the uh, restroom, comes back out in the parking lot, shirts clean, pressed, and everything. Next, it was they had it clean. But, and now, do you know the story behind that scene? Talk to me. Okay, so the story behind that scene is it wasn't part of this original script. But Jackie Gleason said, here it is. I've got this whole major role in this movie, and I don't have one scene with Burt Reynolds. 
You have got to create a scene. Just them two. Where I'm in, yeah, I'm in there. You know, with that's Warren a good. With that's Burt a Reynolds. good. That's a good trivia question because that is the only scene in the whole movie. Where it's the together. only. Yeah, it's the only scene, and it was one that Jackie Gleason demanded. And after that scene was filmed, Bert said, "No more, no more scenes with me and Jackie because took them forever." And Jackie stole the. Stole the scene. Stole the scene. <laughs> and so, you know, Bert being the, you know, pretty much prima donna guy that he was, he wanted to be the main, you know, character of the whole movie. He said, no more. No more. <laughs> no more scenes. No more Tap scenes out. with me and Jackie. That's but, it, man. If you read the interviews and watch videos and stuff, they said Bert was the nicest guy on the set during the whole thing. And Jackie was the prima donna, had his own trailer set way off to the side of wherever they would be filming. Drove his own Cadillac, and that Cadillac is in. A, we'll get to that on the final segment or whatever. But <laughs> had his own car limoed. If he went, if said if he had to walk a hundred yards, he got in that Cadillac, and they drove him to the hundred yards. Schnockered. <laughs> <laughs> well, they probably needed a ride. Yeah, yeah that many hammers. He was hammered. But no, Bert said he. Bert said he would be, you know, tanked up by lunch, and he could still walk a straight line. Say his lines, just you never knew it, other than you knew he was just dog drunk. Professional. <laughs> Professional. Professional. Drinker. Yeah, as you do. Well, if he <laughs> wasn't, if, uh, I hate to see it, you know, but the fact that he was so snookered probably, you know, made his performance even better because he just ad-libbed every little thing in addition the original script had jackie gleason riding around in the patrol car by himself and he said no you got to have somebody in the car with me to play off of all this information overload just get to my head all right we're going to take a break we're going to give everybody <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get ready. Set that up. Good. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, we're going. To, we're going to take Lead a break. Us out like a professional we're, broadcast. All right, all right. We're going to take a break right now, so we can take a ten one hundred. Uh, better than a ten two. Better than ten two hundred. But we're going to take a ten one hundred. Don't go anywhere. You listen to the crossing where the music meets the memories. Transforming the way you listen to sports. Yep, we've covered all of it, at least since 1978, 79, 80, 81, 82. Okay, you get the point. We've got it covered. The North Georgia Sports League. Go ahead, like us on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Keyword search, North Georgia Sports League. Come see us at Pete's Castle in Coal Mountain. Get yourself some hoop cheese or salty fish right out of the barrel. Fill her up with some fresh petrol, regular and ethyl. Lance crackers are good cold knee high. Don't forget to try your luck out on a punch board. New ones every week. Located on Highway 9 in Cold Mountain. That's Peach Castle, where the customer is the king. And you just heard a fine word from our sponsors. We are back with the crossing where the music meets the memories, or in case for this episode, where the movies meet the memories. I am Cole Mountain Cal, your man running point tonight, along with my brother Chris Cheatham. Hello. And brother Gregory Jones, special guest tonight. Thanks again, Greg, for coming in and joining us for this special Smokey and the Bandit edition. You wouldn't have missed it for nothing, did you? No, honey, hush. No way. It was spur of the moment. I called Greg. I said, "Hey, we're doing a podcast, and I don't want to do a podcast with y'all. I don't like the way my voice sounds. I don't want." No. What do you I, think I got, we were doing it on? Accounting? I got, I got no interest. <laughs> I said, "It's on Smoking Bandit." He goes, "What yes. time you need me there?" <laughs> That's and right. here we sit. That's right. 
And we are kind of wrapping up the final segment, talking about smoking the bandit. The final segment tonight, just because we're on uh, time limitations, mainly because we don't have enough sponsors to cover all that. Running so that tape. Yeah, if y'all run a little uh, sponsorship money toward us, we might extend this a little bit. Kind of a pay-per-view or paper-listen per-episode thing. I had a nickel. But we're still uh, <laughs> still talking about the uh, smoking the bandit. <laughs> And he's laughing like Enos <laughs> now on Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> well, you know, so far tonight he's covered the Burt Reynolds laugh, the Enos laugh. Well, and, and you got to remember now with, with Brother Chris here, <clears throat> he is the only person in this trifecta in this room right now that has met both Burt Reynolds. And I had to remind him earlier that he met Jerry Reed. He actually forgot because he was so young. We yeah. got to hear the story. The man's got clout. about meeting Burt Reynolds and Jerry Reed. Okay. So here we go, real quick. Circa 19... It would have been 1976, 77. Um, my dad, who owned a crane company in Atlanta, um, American Erectors was the name of the um, of the crane company. Our motto, we always get it up. He got a contract with Hal Needham. Hal Needham, the gentleman we were talking about earlier, the stuntman. He had a contract with Hal Needham that every time he came to Atlanta that he would use my dad's cranes on the film, whether it be to uh, lift a tower or, you know, before drones or put a put a camera way up in the air or whatever. So they just had the gentleman's agreement they were going to do that. That's right. Gotcha. So the scene where uh, Bert and Sally Field jumped the Trans Am over the bridge, which totaled out the car, by the way. Oh, they said that thing. It was done like after that after that scene. 59-cent billfold when it landed. The patrol cars, you know, went in that river. It is my dad's cranes that lifted those cars out of the river. They used my dad's cranes to lift them out of there. Well, that established a relationship, of course, my daddy and, and Hal Needham. Well, Hal Needham later came back and, and done Sharky's Machine and Smoking the Bandit 2 and everything else. And so when Bert came back to town, this would have been in the 80s, when he came back to town to do uh, Sharky's Machine, they had like a, a scene that was at night or whatever, and um, that's when I got to got to meet Burr Reynolds. Yeah, got to meet Burr Reynolds then. Then, now, Jerry Reed. I met, Snowman. I met Jerry Reed at Lanierland Music Park whenever I was probably three or four years old. Um, this was when probably he was a lot more approachable back then. But my mom sat me on Jerry Reed's knee, and I told him my ABCs. Mm-hmm, I did. I figured you'd have said, "Hey Jerry, what was the first song you ever learned all the way through on your guitar?" <laughs> now, this was before the guitar days for Chris. He oh yeah, been playing was, the banjo yeah. at the well, time. I don't Greg, know. Greg's new yeah. to the scene. I don't know if he's heard any of the other episodes, but Chris always asks each guest that we have whether they're musically inclined or have anything to do with music or not. What was the first song they ever learned on a musical instrument, start to finish? So, Greg, what was the first song you ever learned on a musical instrument? When I learned one, I'll let you know. <laughs> Working on it. <laughs> Working on it. So anyway, so um, talking about, um, you know, Smoking the Bandit being filmed here in Georgia. And here it is, you know, we've been doing this podcast talking about the history of North Georgia, Forsyth County, Dawsonville, and that kind of thing. You know, I guess one of the reasons why we are so embraced, besides the movie being the greatest movie of all time, is that the final scenes, and probably in one of the opening scenes being filmed on... Um, Buford Dam. Buford Dam Road. But the final scene's being filmed on Georgia 400 before it was even opened. That's right. And there were several scenes right there on 141. You know, yeah, the each, overpass. Yeah, the overpass. 
And if you look, a couple of those scenes, for one thing, they passed the same trucks three or four different times on there. And, <laughs> and of course, uh, Steve, the good doctor, Steve Thomason, right. said his neighbor, Larry Martin, one of his trucks was in that movie. Not Larry, but I think the truck. Well, like Larry may have been driving it. It was a Mills Fuel Service truck, which, by coincidence, is one of our sponsors. Well, how about that? Full circle. <laughs> well, <laughs> their subscription rates could fix them to go up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everybody's going natural yeah. gas now. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, a lot of those, I mean, a lot of the scenes were filmed um, on, on 400 before it was opened and 141. And um, when you watch the movie, us, whenever we're watching the movie, I mean, we immediately pick no up one on Buford Dam. We at? immediately pick up that is right there on 141. So I put a link or, or a thread, I guess that's what they call it now, on Facebook one time about... Uh, Memories of Forsyth County or something. So what do you remember back in the old days when we were all going around? And it took off like wildfire. And it was like, da 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 And every fifth or sixth remark, somebody would post, do you know Smoking a Bandit was filmed in Forsyth no. County? Parts of it was? No. And it was like, yes, we all know that. <laughs> Five or six more down. Hey, do you know parts of Forsyth County were in Smoking a Bandit? It's our claim to fame. Yep. If you're from Forsyth, you know that. But Forsyth, they don't know that. Right. Exactly. And of course, when you're talking miscues, what made me think of that was the, uh, it's all over Twitter, all over social media this week, where the uh, what is it, Game of Thrones, mm -hmm. they had the coffee cup placement on the thing. That looked and, exactly yeah. like um, a Starbucks, a Starbucks coffee. And people kept commenting about that, that the, how they had caught it. I'm like, I caught more stuff from Smoking a Bandit than that. There was a lot more of that. And then what was the other one? Uh, uh, Walking Dead? What was that with it? Well, with The Walking Dead, um, a lot of people didn't notice this. It's been like two years ago, but of course I noticed it. But it was in one of the scenes in Walking Dead. They're walking through this field or whatever, and, and there's like this old uh, tractor trailer that's sitting there in the field. And they're right there on top of it. I mean, it's, it, it's a major screen capture i mean it's part it takes up the whole screen on the tv it didn't have a, they didn't have a stagecoach on the side of it did it yes <laughs> it was yes yeah it was it was snowman's tractor trailer and that is awesome so you know they did that on purpose so the producers or the writers or whatever of the walking dead apparently our fans are smoking in the bandit. Why not? Why not? Be? Who would be? Um, a show that's filmed here in Georgia? So I mean, the, the tractor trailer may actually be. Do you know, in parts somewhere. of that was filmed in Forsyth County. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, miscues. Let's name a few. Uh, of course, we had the Coors cases of beer that were empty. There was a scene where they were jumping the median, and the camera kind of shakes a little bit, and you can see. The, the you can see the camera on the hood of the car mm -hmm. and then I know the uh, one of my favorites when they're calculating you know if they're uh, if they're ahead of schedule or not and the the snowman reaches for the admin machine calculator and it's not even turned on but you know <laughs> I guess yeah. he did that math in his head <laughs> and we well, are shifting gears right oh yeah the audio <laughs> tracks are for a manual transmission trans am when it's automatic and then half the time you'll look at it and if you look down close enough, the thing's in neutral and the ignition's not even on when they're supposedly flying down the road. But yet this film won best editing. Yeah. I think they just got But kinda... that Trans Am, it'd go 110. <laughs> I think they were just throwing... Are you throwing... kidding? Are we really going 110? <laughs> I think they were just throwing them a consolation prize, to be honest with you. <laughs> and there's no man's cowboy hat that could stay on running 110 with the T-tops out. I'm here to tell you. Even if it is Burt Reynolds. Maybe Burt Reynolds could pull it off because he does look good. But he's got a great profile. 
Especially <laughs> from the side. From side. Especially from, right, the side. from the side. Now, are y'all sick of this yet? Are you, uh, those we of you who are listening, we'll be here all night. Yeah. We could quote the whole movie. I mean, some people it's Star Wars. Some people it's hell. I don't know, but to us, smoking the bandit. It's smoking the bandit. Jackie Gleason had his own personal Cadillac, and that showed up in that movie two different times. If you look in the uh, procession line of the funeral where they get out and they do the whole fate of cremated. That's a good line. I forgot about that. That may be one of my second <laughs> Tail grabbing. Lines. Yeah. But in the, in the procession, the green Cadillac is Jackie Gleason's personal Cadillac. And then when he pulls up with the uh, where he cusses out the state trooper, he pulls in behind uh, the state trooper. And in the scene, the Cadillac is behind Jackie Gleason's after the top's been torn off the car. The car behind it is a Cadillac. And then he leaves out where the state trooper's car should have been he should have run all over the back of it but it was gone when he exited the scene and i believe chris you got a story about the state trooper yes that uh, was a state trooper or a county county guy that if jumped i'm not the... mistaken this guy was an actual um state trooper and his name was ronnie gay this is at the very you know the last scenes and the dude jumps the median and he when they're on 400 and, and yeah and his in his patrol car lands on the Bed, flatbed of a tractor trailer. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he was really a state trooper. Well, he became friends with Bert on the scene of that, or the you know, on the, on the set. set of the film. He was Bert Reynolds' bodyguard for years and years and years. He was Bert Reynolds' bodyguard. Like Bert needed a bodyguard, whatever. <laughs> I think he just enjoyed hanging around with the guy. Do you know parts of the, uh, that scene were filmed in for South County? Are you kidding yeah. me? Like <laughs> this for South 400. County? No. Some of us filmed the northbound was going southbound. Uh-uh. And, yeah. Uh-uh. How'd they do that with that traffic on 400? <laughs> this is before the red light. Four it went three lanes. Yeah. So let's talk about all the things that, that, that happened after smoking the bandit. There was definitely a huge, you know, uh, CB surge and CB. People want to have CBs. What was your handle back in the day? Uh, little Joe. Greg, do you have My one? handle was actually Bug Fuzz. Bug Fuzz. <laughs> Butt Fuzz. Bug. Bug. Butt Fuzz. B-U-G. Bug. 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 I'm a little kid, guys. This is when I was like eight years old. It's bug Well, fuzz. you should hear some of the nicknames I had whenever I was that young. And it was worse than Butt Fuzz, I can assure bug you. Bug Fuzz. Okay. Bug. Mine was uh, uh, Rhinestone Cowboy. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> Cool. No, it was not. When that movie came, oh well, when CB first came. When <laughs> well, when would if you were the urban cowboy? No, what were you called? Rhinestone. The cowboy. Rhinestone cowboy. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, even before I had to drive, we had the base unit at the house when it's on a radio tower and just big modulating. Yeah. I, when I was a kid, we used to go to these people's houses on Friday night and hang out. CB parties and talk. Yeah. And talk on the CB. That's what God, we did for fun. That would be fun. awesome. We should do that one. We should get back and start the CB phase back up again. Yeah, that won't go. <laughs> they tried that. Next tell. Yeah, that's not that's not old school though. It's kind of like vinyl records and the LPs. We could do it. We could start a new movement. Okay. Well, we'll all get us a linear. Wasn't that what they call the powers? Not the Cobra. The big old Cobra. Oh yeah, the Cobra. Oh, here's a. Uh, they said on a couple of those CB shots, Bert's CB on the console on the Trans Am. He had it flipped to PA instead of CB. Okay. Y'all check that out. What does that mean? PA? Yeah. It means if you got like a speaker on top of the car, like public address. Public, oh, yeah. well. You know public PA. Address. I mean, you've only been in music for how many years? <laughs> <laughs> I've never had to do a public address with a CB. I can assure you that in all the years I've been in music. 
So one of the final scenes that they had was filmed at uh, Lakewood Amphitheater down south of Atlanta, Lakewood right? Lakewood Fairgrounds, yes. And they had, um, uh, they had a, uh, I don't know, roller coaster down there at the time, apparently. I think that was going to be in another movie where they tore the roller coaster down, though. Really? Yeah, that was in... Uh, Two, maybe? I think it's Smoking the Man at Two, that's right. Yeah. Mel Tillis and Statler Brothers. Yeah, we're not going to go into yeah. two. Wait, that's, a different, that's a different Yeah, yeah you're talking about Cannonball Run. Yes, maybe that was Cannonball, Cannonball there's Run. A scene, there's a Burt Reynolds movie with the roller coaster scene from Lakewood. We'll, I'm sure somebody will <laughs> jump all over us for that, not knowing it. <laughs> As we're supposed to be the uh, smoking bandit. We just watched the movie last night. And before we wrap this show up, I was kind of curious, and, and Steve was too, he was asking me, how many times do you think you've seen this movie, Chris? There's no question I've seen this movie over 250 times. That, There's no that doubt. that counting the TV edit? Oh, oh yeah. we could even go into that uh, part of it. The editing of the t- which because who did don't who watch did, it? Don't do the whole it. full circle about uh, Buford T. Justice's voice? Well, of course, there were several scenes that had to be vocally overdubbed because I mean, Jackie Gleason done the majority of the cussing in the in the movie in the movie, right? But they had to overdub his voice, and he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do it. So they got the guy who did the voice for the cartoon character. Fred Flintstone, full for TV. Yes. So, uh, full circle, Jackie Gleason, who got his, you know, a lot of his TV fame is from the movie or the the, the the television show, the television show, The Honeymooners. Well, the Flintstones was a cartoon version, a prehistoric version of the Honeymooners. Bet you Siskel and Ebert never talked about stuff like that. They couldn't. They couldn't. They couldn't weave all this stuff together like us three are doing it. They Can I get wouldn't. an amen on they that? Wouldn't. They could not. No, they would. That's no. awesome. How many times do you think you've seen it, Greg? Oh yeah. If, if you if you count the, the unedited version, I'm I'm right there with Chris. Um, I've seen it countless, countless times. TV version, you know, it, it easily easily gets up there like you two fifty five hundred. I I don't even know. Don't even it's know. such a good movie in our minds that even though when that TV version comes on, we will still, still watch, watch it. it. Yeah, still, still watch it. it just to catch those uh, miscues and. See if there's anything we might have missed. And despite my love for Jerry, despite that, huge fan, I will not watch Smoking the Bandit 3. Or 2. I don't even watch No, nah, two. 2's great. It's got uh, Dom DeLuise in it. I'll watch 2, but 3, no. 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 I'm going to put that on social media. I'm yeah, going to put a not poll three. up. That's a defacing. That's a defacing of Jerry Reed in the movie itself. Yeah. No, 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 no. Can't do three. But two. I mean, you got two with Sheriff Buford T. Justice and all of his brothers. And the, the, what, what's the what's the flamboyant uh, Reggie. brother from, Reggie? Reggie Reggie. from Reggie. Canada? Yeah, the county mountain. <laughs> the the can- can- Canadian mountain. Oh, that's how wild it got. Oh, God. <laughs> I totally it's forgot about that. sacrilegious. Oh, my God. God it's that. so good. I, I totally it. forgot about that. But Smoking the Minute 2 is good. I got the oh. elephant, the lady are going to have a baby <laughs> in about uh, 24 hours. <laughs> Folks, <laughs> you, we can do we can do another show just on just on smoking the band. Y'all have to go uh, the lady underground. And she's gonna have, have a baby, baby. <laughs> in uh, a twenty four hour. She had no be on her feet. She had no be on her feet. She had no be on her feet. Oh, I got one more for you. Okay, on the miscues, um, brother Wendell Cox sent this to me the other day, and we were watching it. He said, "Watch right here." You know where Jackie Gleason is pulled up, and the state patrol guy's cussing him out, and tops off the car, and horn stuck. And there's a car wash across the street. You can see it up on the hill. 
they go through the whole thing and Jackie Gleason's cussing the state trooper back out and whatever. All of a sudden, this whole stray German Shepherd dog just comes walking around the car wash, looks at him like, what are y'all doing? And turns his head and walks back around to the back of the car wash. Wendell said, hey, look at that old dog. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to end on this. Okay. All right. Favorite CB handle in the movie. Greg. Uh, little Beaver. Oh, you stole mine. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be mine too. Little Beaver. Cow. Uh, snowman. It's always going to be Snowman. You snowman. Snowman. I had a Snowman on my mantle. Did you really? I did. I had a cut out of Jerry Reed. And I was going to say, that was awesome. You have to tell people that are not familiar. I actually stole it from something that I saw online. But oh, yeah. But the, 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 uh, the, the whole story goes, the wife told me to put a Snowman uh, on the mantle, a decorative snowman on for the mantle Christmas. for Christmas. And so I cut out a picture of Jay Reed and set it on the mantle. <laughs> it was great, Epic. man. Yeah, I still got awesome. it. She let me keep it up there, too. Folks, we hope you've enjoyed this maybe half as much as we did because we were talking, we're going to get together tonight anyway. What we're going to talk about? Well, we're always talking about smoking the band. Let's just make a show out of it. And we'd done one before, but we put a lot of music in with it, too, and what near the, we didn't go near as in depth as we what did tonight. Retrospect. And we can, you know, if anybody wants to meet, start a little club up. We can meet on do CBs. Tuesday nights or something, and we'll, or we'll talk over the CBs. We'll start in a basement on the, and then go to the odd channels every time. <laughs> if you catch that reference, you're part of the club. So, <laughs> Thank you all for tuning in. We will be back again soon, very soon, with another episode of The Crossing, where the music meets some memories. The good Dr. Steve Thomason, please take us home. I am not related to Hank Snow. <laughs> <laughs> the Crossing, where music meets memories, is recorded at Due South Productions high atop the Doc Holcomb Building in downtown Coal Mountain and is recorded and mixed by Steve Thomason and hosted by Chris Cheatham and Coal Mountain Cal Hurd. Theme music written, performed, and recorded by Wendell Cox. The Crossing is a production of Roadhog Studios and may not be rebroadcast without the express written consent of Due South Productions or at least a text message from Cal or Chris. That'll do too. All rights reserved. All right, we'll catch you next time on The Crossing.